All right, I'm looking forward to speaking to our guest today, Nikhil Torsikar. Discovered the power of introspection and meditation to deal with depression. He also discovered the wisdom of Deepak Chopra. And as you guys know, I've been listening to Deepak Chopra for a really long time. And a lot of the things I talk about are things I first heard about from Deepak Chopra back in the 1980s. Please welcome to the bright side, Nikhil Torsikar. Nikhil. Nikhil. Hey, Ben. Nikhil. How are you doing? Hey, good to talk to you. So uh, tell us a little bit about your story. Bipolar disorder, depression, highs and lows. And then I want to hear uh, how you came to discover meditation and the power, the power of Deepak Chopra and quantum healing. But tell us first how you got it. How, tell us uh, some of the stuff that you were dealing with. Yeah, sure, absolutely. Well, first off, thanks, uh, thanks again for having me, Ben. It's uh, really enjoy your program and uh, enjoyed the discussion you had with my wife and partner, uh, Shelly sued a couple months ago. Um, awesome. So just dovetailing on that, yeah, and as she had mentioned in her talk, uh, you know, Shelly and I have been married uh, for about 20 years now, and uh, for tw- about 20 years I have been suffering from uh, undiagnosed uh, bipolar disorder. I finally got the diagnosis uh, about six years ago uh, when I was 40, uh, but really had suffered from a lot of, as you just mentioned, you know, the highs and the lows. And uh, there was a lot of anxiety, I think, because it's one of those things where you know there's an issue, you know there's something amiss, uh, but you can't quite put your finger on it. Mm. Um, And so I think through a lot of uh, reflection, through a lot of humility, through a lot of uh, just sort of acknowledging what was, as they say, hiding in plain sight, uh, decided to sort of, uh, you know, face the music uh, look at at how this disorder had been impacting me, not just me, but the lives of my uh, family, um, you know, my physical health. And uh, with Shelly's help, I was able to find uh, some answers through a a diagnosis. And initially, the journey started with uh, just getting stable, just getting stabilized through uh, various medications, through uh, cognitive behavioral therapy. And I think that was very effective to a certain extent, uh, but really to make this a, you know, uh, something that sticks, make this a uh, lasting uh, treatment, really uh, meditation, mindfulness, and just really uh, optimizing that brain-body connection uh, is really what, uh, what has carried me through and I think has really uh, you know, been a game-changer in my life. So meditation is kind of a loaded word. It means so many different things to so many different people. And I always, you know, I, people ask, well, what is meditation? I have my own story. I have my own uh, definition of it. I know what mm-hmm. it is. But what, how do you mean meditation? What does that mean to you? And, and, and what is your specific practice? Yeah, so when I, you're absolutely right. I mean, meditation is such a um, multifaceted, uh, multifaceted term, but uh, but for me, I mean, I always start and I think about uh, just the pace that uh, that we live our lives in uh, in the modern world, just with technology, just with social media, just with keeping up with the Joneses. Uh, it's a very it's a very busy uh, it's a it's a very busy world, and obviously all that busyness uh, seeps into our uh, internal dialogue, our internal monologue, and the way we uh, process the world. And so for me. Meditation is just uh, turning down the volume on that internal monologue and just, you know, really getting, getting more in tune with uh, your body and uh, just the processes. Because uh, might be jumping ahead a little bit, but one of the favorite uh, sayings of Deepak Chopra that I love is that 
the body is not a noun, it's a verb, mm. it's a process. Yeah. And really, you know, I, I always think of us as, um, it's really a two-way street, but I mean, I like to think of the brain as the, uh, as the uh, conductor, and then the body is the orchestra. And really, it's, it's imperative that, you know, you sort of take that proactive approach and try to quiet uh, the thoughts in your mind, because that's going to help you to manage, um, you know, manage a lot of the physical ailments that you might experience. So, well, hang know, on to that thought. The, hang on to that yeah. thought, because that's really powerful what you just said. You said controlling the thoughts in your mind will help you manage the physical, your physical stuff. So by right. implication, that means the physical stuff is related to the thoughts in your head. Is that what you're saying? Uh, absolutely, absolutely. That's powerful. Because, yeah, absolutely. Because when you think about it, um, simple thing like the breath, Ben, I mean, it's just something, this is not, uh, this, this is not uh, a, a complex uh, organic chemistry equation. This is not some complex, um, you know, sonata that you're trying to play the, like uh, on, a, on, a, on a violin. This is a very uh, simple yet powerful uh, entity in, in our uh, in managing our health because everybody obviously knows how to breathe, but I think it's just something that we we don't pay enough attention to, and the breath really impacts the rest of your body, you know, in terms of how the blood circulates uh, to the different uh, different organs, just in terms of how you metabolize food. And so I bring that up because for me, meditation is very, um, I, I would say, I wouldn't say it's oversimplified. I wouldn't say it's over complex. I'm kind of in the middle of the road, but really it's just about, you know, spending an additional 15 minutes every morning uh, with just, either listening to a guided meditation, uh, whether it's on an app through something like Calm or Heads, um, Headspace, or uh, Deepak Chopra, that's another uh, uh, app. But basically, it's just paying attention to the breath uh, and depending on the different types of meditation. You know, it's taking in a breath, four seconds, holding four seconds. And then H- hang on to that seconds. thought. Hang yeah. on to that thought. we got to take a commercial break. But the breath is extremely fascinating for a couple reasons. Number one, what you're talking about, but also because anytime you pay attention to anything in your body, you activate your parasympathetic nervous system. And that plays a really important role in this whole, everything you're talking about. We got Nikhil Torsikar with us. More with uh, Nikhil on meditation and depression and anxiety and mind-body right after this break. Back on the bright side, I farm Ben. We're talking to Nikhil Torsikar about my body connection and the power of meditation for dealing with mental health issues. So, uh, Nikhil, before I enter break, you're talking about the breath and paying attention to the breath and watching the breath, and, and I, that's incredibly valuable, obviously. But I think it's valuable because you're paying attention. It's not so much the breath as much as it's the paying attention. What do you think? If you're able to, uh, a lot of times we over we tend to overthink our everything. We tend to kind of be our worst enemy, and I think that people either are stuck in the past or they're stuck in the future, and really we lose sight of the present. And I think you're absolutely right. I think when we pay attention to something as fundamental as the breath, it sort of anchors our uh, anchors our focus, and it helps to. Uh, I, th- I just think we think a lot more clearly and a lot more effectively. Uh, when we have that kind of focus. Yeah, it seems like our lives, we, we miss out on the power of attention, and that's our most precious resource is our attention. And we let we kind of let our attention, like, fly around on its own, don't you think? Instead of, like, marshalling our attention or somehow, somehow directing our attention, we let it just flit around for whatever bright, shiny object happens to be in our way. What do you think about that? 
Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think that, uh, as I said before, I think the rest of the body kind of follows cues from that, uh, from that focus, as they say, um, what is it where, where attention goes, energy flows. Uh-huh. And That's I great. think because of that, there's a lot of processes that tend to, you know, it's, it's almost like a domino reaction because if you're not metabolizing food properly, uh, then you're going to, you know, incur a lot of uh, metabolic issues. They're gonna, there's going to be issues with gut health, uh, nutrition, and it's just, you know, it can really sort of kickstart a lot of uh, in, unintended consequences. So, yeah, I mean, I think that anchoring your attention on the breath is something that can really uh, pay dividends uh, from, a, from a health perspective. Do you think inelegant use or, uh, or uh, ineffective use or unsophisticated use of attention is behind mental health problems? That's a, that's a great question. Yeah, I mean, I think that one of the most important tools out there, in addition to uh, meditation, um, I think is, uh, is metacognition. Uh-huh. And a lot of times... Talk, no, well, hang on. Describe that, because that's a really cool word. I like that. Metacognition. What do you mean by that? Being aware of being aware, kind of, right? Absolutely, yeah. It's basically uh, how we think about how we're thinking or uh, how we think about our thoughts. Mm-hmm. And so, for instance, you know, if you get passed over for a promotion at work, um, you can really start beating yourself up. You know, you can say, I'm a fraud, I'm a failure. You know, mm-hmm. a lot of people suffer from imposter syndrome. Yeah, right. Uh, that's, that's one option. And especially, you know, in this day and age with social media, I mean, I think people are so tethered to this view that, you know, everyone else has this amazing life and, you know, I'm just such a loser. Um, so I think that the metacognition can be so important because again uh, incorporating the breath aspect you know it's about taking that taking a step back taking a deep breath as they say and then looking at other mitigating factors you know looking at you know maybe the competition was more fierce this year or um and then the other thing is permanence you know just seeing that maybe this is instead of seeing this as a uh permanent trend Seeing this is just a bump in the road, and this is just a sort of mm-hmm. facts of life, and it's something that uh, you'll overcome. So I think that yeah, just sort of taking a little bit more of a measured view and not being so fatalistic. And it goes also for good things in life. You know, um, when when things are when things go up, we sometimes tend to think that we're on easy street and nothing will ever uh, go sour again. And that can be just as dangerous. You know, so it's all about again focusing on uh, the breath, focusing on uh, just taking a long view, I guess you could say, and just really um, maintaining focus on the present will definitely uh, help uh, mitigate a lot of the issues that people with uh, mental mental illness uh, face on a day-to-day basis. If thought is so important and so fundamental to uh, health as well as disease when it comes to mental health or mental emotional health, we'll say, or emotional, uh, emotional disease, how about the idea of... Like, why do we believe our thoughts? Why do we just assume that what we're thinking is correct? Have you ever thought about that? Or have you ever examined that or investigated that? Don't you think investigating, like, why we're paying attention to our thoughts, don't you think that's like a fundamental um, tool or technique that you can use to address the uh, dysfunction of thinking? Yeah, I mean, I think it's really helpful to have um, a good sounding board. And I think that's, for me, honestly, what really helped me through the, the mental illness because um, what I'm saying about sort of having that extreme view, not only negative but also positive, 
Mm. Uh, that factored in. That factors into people with bipolar disorder who go through manic episodes, where they feel like they're on top of the world. They feel that everyone else around them is a mere mortal who can't operate on the same uh, higher plane. I guess you could say. And so, I think that is really important too: is to have people in your corner who have seen you mm. uh, through the years, who have seen you your highs and your lows, and they can be the sounding board and they to. to you know, echo what you said earlier is just um, how you're thinking about your thoughts and maybe seeing that, you know, maybe you are taking on a little too much at work or maybe you are um, trying to, you know, just you're, you're trying to sort of live outside your uh, your means a little bit, I guess you could say, um, and, and sort of uh, bring you back into orbit, I guess, would be a, a good way of putting it. All right. Playing devil's advocate here. Uh, if most of your thinking is subconscious comes from a subconscious place do you really think that you can address it through conscious techniques so when i think about subconscious um i I don't know if this is kind of uh, where you're going but subconscious i think there's a lot of uh there's a lot of stored trauma i think from that you're not uh, aware of that you're not aware of that's subconscious by definition it's subconscious sub-awareness it gets a lot into um, you know the epigenetics of everything and looking at uh, looking at our DNA and really because I think w- when people think of DNA you know they, they, they just think of it as, as this finite um, you know sort of esoteric scientific concept uh, but really I think there was a study that says that uh, you know disease is actually I guess you could I don't know if the term would be guaranteed but there's only five percent of genes that that's right. Uh, lead to expression of uh, specific disorders. It's environmental. Ninety-five or more, I would say, is environmental. That's what you're saying, right? Exactly. Yeah. And so I'm bringing that up because um, subconscious is so important because it's sort of holding on. It's sort of like this attic, I guess you could say, of a lot of the stored stuff that we had as a child, or even you know, it's almost like the experiences of our ancestors is kind of encoded into mm. the DNA, and so. Really, what I found helpful with the meditation is it's all about healing that inner child, you know, just listening to, mm. because what what I struggled with a lot was also just um, curbing a lot of these addictions, whether it was to, you know, sugar or alcohol. And through quantum healing, I don't know if we had a chance to discuss that yet, but with quantum healing, it's really about um, healing that inner child and looking at a lot of the why rather than the what. You know, why are you uh, sucking down a pint of Ben and Jerry's every night while mm. <laughs> while pinging on Netflix? Uh, it's because a lot of that uh, inner child uh, is still going through some trauma. And so that's really um, where a lot of the subconscious, um, you know, the, the negative subconscious uh, energy can come from. And so that's really what uh, what meditation has helped did, me, uh, did you- help me overcome. Did you have to do with that inner? Did you have to address that inner child? I only have about a minute left. Did you have to address that inner child in your work? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think. And what did you do? What did you do? It was so. It was about uh, stepping back, like I said, you know, thinking about our thoughts, and it was just about thinking, you know, why am I? uh, Why am I doing these things? Why? um, Why can I not seem to control this uh, proclivity for these things that I know are bad for me? And, you know, it's just about taking a little bit more lenient, a little bit more supportive uh, approach rather than just being punitive because that can backfire. 
uh, taking a little bit more of an understanding and supportive approach, kind of like you would with a child or your, you know, your son or your daughter, and just you know saying it's okay, I understand, and you know we'll get through. Communicate so like really, communicating to this thing that it's like it's actually there. Yeah, I mean, it, it never, it, you know, it, it, would, it wouldn't always have to be something so formalized, but I think just it's always about that awareness and just understanding the causation behind that and not just sort of beating yourself up over, you know, things that you might have done that, uh, that, that you didn't really uh, want to, you know. Nikhil, that's, like we're, we're out of time, buddy. Thank you so much for sharing. Best of luck to you. Thanks for having me, Ben. Thank, have a great evening. Thank you so much. Nikhil Torsikar. And that's, uh, that's a very interesting point, uh, several very interesting points he brings up about attention, about the power of the mind, and also of this whole idea of the subconscious inner child when it comes to how our lives show up from a mental and emotional perspective. That's all the time we have for today, folks. Thanks for listening. Have a wonderful, beautiful evening. I'm Pharmacist Ben. We will talk to you all later. Bye for now.